Hey guys, this is Chelsea Eithoven and you're listening to Vibrancy Radio. I spent the better part of two decades in pursuit of shrinking my body, but diet after diet, I still never felt enough. And I don't know about you, but the last word I would use to describe myself while on a diet is vibrant. After becoming a certified health and nutrition coach, I finally dropped the diets, learned to trust my body again, and rediscovered the vibrancy that was within me all along. And now I help women like you do the same. Vibrancy Radio is your new go-to resource for science-backed nutritional knowledge, major mindset shifts, and body image breakthroughs. So if you're ready to stop feeling so dang stressed about food all the time and start focusing on all the things that make you unique and vibrant, then welcome to the show. Hey, hey guys, hope this finds you doing well. Welcome back to Vibrancy Radio. As always, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, Little update for you. I am currently sitting inside my husband's closet. (laughs) I realized that I... um, This podcast sounds a little echoey when I record it in my office. I don't have a mic yet. I'm just, I wanted to get it out, get this content out as quickly as possible. I didn't want to shoot for perfection. I just wanted to get started. Um, That's something that has been a barrier in the past for me. So I wanted to just, just start and let it not be perfect. But (laughs) I've heard people recording podcasts in their closet makes it sound better. So hopefully the sound quality will be a little bit less echoey today. (laughs) So that's my update. Um, I am so excited to share with you today's topic because I think that the conversation we're going to have today is really going to shed some light on something that's very prevalent in today's diet culture. And it's talked about a lot, but I haven't heard it quite talked about like this quite yet. Today, we're going to talk about what I like to call the war on carbs. (laughs) Carbs have gotten such a bad rap in diet culture as of recent, and really, I would say within the past decade. I think it kind of all started with Atkins, whenever that started. (laughs) And there are so many diets that the main strategy they use is cutting carbohydrates. And I want to talk about this today. But before we do, I want you to honestly answer this. Do you feel like you have to cut carbs in order to lose weight? Because I know for the longest time, I felt like that was a have to. I have to replace my rice with cauliflower rice. I have to replace the bread on my sandwich with a lettuce bun. I have to replace this with that. And I didn't know how to reincorporate carbs and I'm going to be honest with you, carbs to me are one of the great joys in life. So I needed to figure this out. (laughs) It's like there has to be another way. And spoiler alert, there is. So what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about two reasons that diets use carb cutting as their main strategy. Then we're going to get a little bit into why I think that this can be harmful and more importantly, why I think it's really misleading 
And last, we're going to talk about what you can do instead. So I'll give you a strategy that I give my clients. And as you know, we finished this with an action step. So I'm going to give you an action step that you can implement if you are a carb lover like me, but you also want to feel excellent in your body and find a way to maybe if you need to lose weight, you want to lose weight and still do it while eating carbohydrates. Okay. So before I even jump into any of these pieces, I want to start with a disclaimer (laughs) because some people really do love their low-carb diets. Absolutely. Bio-individuality is a thing. Everybody is different. Everybody think different things work for different people. So if you're the type of person who is doing a low-carb diet, keto has changed your life. It's given you all this energy. It's made you feel amazing. You've lost 50 pounds on it and you love it. You could do it for the rest of your life. Then I think that is so excellent. More power to you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. But not everybody is like that, right? I think sometimes we think because something worked for us that it will work with everybody else, work for everybody else rather. And that's just not true. So if if you are the type of person who loves your low-carb diet, then this, this might not be for you. This podcast might not be for you. This podcast is more so for the woman who wants to get results in her body, who wants to feel body confidence, who maybe wants to change and improve her body composition, who wants to just feel good. You might have some weight to lose, um, but you don't want to cut carbs because you know you can't do it for the rest of your life and you love bread, you love toast, you love muffins, you love ice cream, all the good carby things, and you want to learn how to lose weight without giving those things up because you know that it's possible and you've heard that it's possible, but you're not really sure how. If that sounds like you, then this podcast is most definitely for you. So keep listening. Okay. So like I said, most diets right now are either solely based on cutting carbs, right? Like keto, we all know keto, or they have a phase perhaps in the beginning or something, where you aggressively cut carbs, right? Like there's a, a phase one or a, a step one or whatever. And to be honest with you, I think that there are two reasons for this, two main reasons that carb cutting is such a heavily utilized strategy in dieting right now. And spoiler alert, neither of them are ketosis. I know, sorry. <laughs> Let's get into them. The first reason is because that pe- that diets use cutting carbs as a main strategy is because cutting carbohydrates is an excellent way to see changes on the scale and to see changes on the scale really, really, really fast. <laughs> so let's get into the science behind this phenomenon because I think that a lot of people don't understand this deeply and I think it's important for you to understand the science. Some of the carbs that we eat are stored in the body as glycogen. In fact, most of the carbs we eat are stored in the body as glycogen. For every one gram of carbs that's stored in the body as glycogen, we retain two to three grams of water, okay? So you consume one carbohydrate, then holding on in your body is two to three grams of water. The water is stored in your liver and in your muscles and the glycogen as well so that it can quickly be converted to glucose and be used as energy. 
Now, it's important to know carbohydrates are our body's preferred source of energy, our body and our brain's preferred source of energy, which is why people get that kind of like, if you've heard people talk about the keto flu, where they kind of feel sick and lethargic and they they have all these issues and they have like their brain is sluggish and all those things when they start keto, this is why, is because their body is wanting carbohydrates, it's wanting that energy and it doesn't have anything for energy. So what happens, um, like I said, that that carb, the carbs turn into glycogen and store that water. And what happens when you start a low carb diet and you stop consuming carbohydrates or you extremely lower the amount of carbohydrates you're eating is that I like to think of it as though like the water has nothing to hold on to, right? It can't, can no longer hold on to that glycogen. So the water immediately just kind of flushes from your body and you drop 10 pounds in five days or something like that. And you get so excited. You think you found the freaking pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. This diet's the best thing ever. I lost 10 pounds in five days. Oh my gosh. You know, you feel amazing. But the issue with this is that fat loss is a much slower process than we're willing to admit. And this is the part where I think it can be a little bit deceiving, right? And if if the diets explain this in the beginning, then that would be great. But I think a lot of people, we don't understand this concept and we are being misled. So fat loss typically happens at a rate of half a pound to two pounds per week. I know. I wish we could speed it up. I wish there was some way to make sustainable fat loss quicker. But the reality of it is it's a much slower process than we'd like to admit. And I think some diets truthfully don't want you to know that. So what that means is that while you, when you start your low carb diet and you've done it for a week, you, yes, dropped 10 pounds of weight loss on the scale. But likely only half a pound to two pounds of that is actually fat loss and the rest is water. So you still could be losing fat and we'll get into how and why next, but your brain is tricked into thinking that the fat loss is so much quicker than it actually is. And another thing is that it makes you feel a lot leaner and less bloated when you don't have water weight holding on to you, right? So you're really convinced this is magic because you feel the difference. You're like, I feel leaner already. I feel I feel leaner and skinnier and blah, blah, blah. And you're convinced. You're like, yep, it's working. And that you know, motivates you to keep going, right? Another thing, I think another reason that this is you know, has is almost like an addicting type feeling that people will go on a low-carb diet and then they'll stop and then they'll get back on and they'll go on, get off and on and off and on and they'll go back and forth. It's almost like this process is because by the time we get to the point where we want to start a diet most of the time, we're so fed up with feeling fat or hating our body or looking at our love handles or whatever it is that we would literally sell our soul to the devil to get the body that we want and get it right now, right? I don't know if you've ever been there before. I know that I have. That means that we want to see these changes fast. And sometimes we don't even care if the scale changes our water or not. We just want to freaking see it change so that it can give us faith that something is working and all this hard work is paying off. What happens, though, is that the second we eat carbs again, our body starts storing glycogen again. Therefore, it starts storing water again. And the scale goes up just as quickly as it went down, right? And then we blame ourselves though. We say, you know what? 
it had to be the carbs. We blame ourselves and we blame the carbs. We say it had to be the carbs because as soon as I cut the carbs, I lost weight. And then as soon as I ate them again, I started gaining all the weight back. So obviously the answer is to cut carbs. And logically, on a logical level, this makes sense. But if you ever plan on eating carbs again in your life, then this isn't going to make sense because you're gonna rebound and you're gonna end up eating a ton of carbs, right? Because what we restrict is what we want. What we restrict is what we want. Always, that always has been the case. Now, when you start eating carbs again, that, that weight, when your weight jumps up, it's likely mostly water weight. But we still have those negative associations and we still, still feel really crappy about ourselves, which is why I think it, it bothers me that this is so deceiving, right? Because it goes both ways. We get excited at the drop and then we get upset with ourselves when the scale goes back up. And really, neither of those are a reason to affect our emotions. They're just something that naturally happens and it's just the science of our body and it's no reason to feel emotional. But the, the truth is, it makes us feel emotional. So to sum up the first reason why so many diets cut carbs and use that as their main strategy is because it shows us quick scale wins because we're dropping water weight. And we like quick scale wins because it makes us feel like we're actually getting somewhere and not just spinning our wheels. So that's the first reason that diets like to use cutting carbs as a strategy. And the second reason that it's so popular is because it's a really easy way to slash calories. Now, I'll be honest with you. There is a lot of bullshit science out there when it comes to fat loss. A lot. And it is, it's really, really hard to determine what is bullshit and what is real because it's very convincing and it sounds real and it logically, again, makes sense in our head. So we're like, okay, that logically makes sense, right? Like when somebody explains to you ketosis or um, explains to you some of these things, it logically makes sense. But the thing you have to know about weight loss and these, the, our relationship with food in our bodies is that, yes, even though logically something can make sense, and even if it might be grounded in science, it doesn't account for our humanity, our level of humanity, right? Like we are humans and there's other factors for why we eat besides just fueling our bodies. Food is not just fuel. We enjoy food. It's part of our culture. It's part of celebrations, right? And so if you want to eat carbs, then, you know, ketosis is an important part of the science behind it, but it might not be the only factor because you might be going back and forth between these low carb, this low carb diet and then binge eating carbs and just going back and forth and it can feel miserable, right? So I got a little on to off topic, but let's talk about what science is real when it comes to fat loss. It truly is as simple as this. If you consume less calories than you burn, then you will lose fat. How you choose to cut those calories, however, is up to you. And you don't have to do it by counting calories. We'll explain that in a little bit. You, don't, you also don't have to do it by being low carb. Now, of course, I will say there's always some exceptions to the rule, and certain circumstances do make losing fat more difficult, but I think before we blame 
a medication or a slow metabolism because of our age or assume that we have a thyroid issue, we really need to deeply examine our habits and be honest with ourselves. Because likely it's just that we're in a caloric surplus, surplus, which means that we're consuming more than we are burning, right? And we have to take a good hard look at ourselves and, and determine if that's what's happening. And if it truly isn't, then yes, get the testing that you need, figure out if there's an outside resource. But the first plan of action should be, you know, working through your issues with eating and figuring out why you're eating, overeating, and getting to the root of that issue. Because if you're eating more calories than your body needs, that's the reason for weight gain. Okay, back to carbs. So let's say you go on keto or some other low-carb diet. Before the diet begins, let's go through what a typical day of eating pre-carb cutting. So like before you go on the diet, this is what your eating might look like. You might be eating just general quote unquote healthy foods, right? So let's say you're eating for breakfast, you have oatmeal, a big bowl of oatmeal with berries and honey. You've always heard oatmeal is healthy. And then for lunch, you have a turkey sandwich and an apple, maybe a little bit of mayonnaise on there. Then for a snack, you have a handful of crackers, maybe a handful or two. You know how that happens. (laughs) You take one handful, then you take a second. And then for dinner, you make grilled chicken. And you, with your grilled chicken, you have a cup of coconut rice and some veggies. This is what I think of when I was a kid was a very, very typical day of eating. And I think a lot of us that are around my age, I'm, um, I'm going to be 30 this year. When we were younger, this is what we thought of as like a healthy, normal day of eating, right? And there's absolutely nothing wrong with this day of eating. This is by no means bad. But what might happen is you feel like you're eating healthy, but you're not losing weight. And maybe that's something that's a goal of yours. So you're going to try keto because you've heard good things. So that's how you were eating before. And then you try keto or some other low-carb diet. And here's what you do. Instead of your oatmeal, you have some eggs with spinach, right? A bunch of spinach and like two scrambled eggs. Then instead of a turkey sandwich and an apple, you eat your turkey sandwich, but you replace the bread and you put lettuce instead of bread. So it's like, or you make it into a salad, right? You have a turkey salad. And then instead of your apple, you have sliced cucumbers because you heard that apples have a lot of carbs. Then from your dinner, you still eat the chicken breast and you still eat the the veggies, but you replace the coconut rice with just more veggies. So you're just eating the chicken and the veggies. Now, what you've just done by replacing, oh, oh, I forgot about the crackers. And instead of the crackers, you maybe eat some beef jerky and some low-carb berries. Let's say that. Now, what you've done by taking away all the carbs from your day and replacing it with usually cruciferous vegetables is what my examples were, you've slashed a massive amount of calories, massive. And going back to that basic science, when you consume less calories than you burn, you will lose fat. Now, because of this calorie deficit, you're likely losing, like we said before, half a pound to two pounds of fat per week. Half a pound to two pounds of fat. Again, you're going to drop a bunch of water weight too on top of that because you are also, that water is flushing out of you. And 
If this feels good to you and you like living this way and this lifestyle makes sense to you and you love it, this is a very valid way to cut calories. If it feels good to you, emphasis on if it feels good to you. That's why I've said it now four times. (laughs) Because for most people, and especially the women I work with, and especially I can relate to this so much, this feels very restrictive. It makes me feel deprived. Even just thinking about this day, I feel deprived. It has no joy (laughs) because who wants to give up their freaking coconut rice? That coconut rice sounded so good. So to sum up, the second reason why low-carb diets are popular is because they're an easy and simple way to cut calories. We can't cut protein. Cutting healthy fat becomes problematic. We can't cut veggies. The easiest thing to cut is carbohydrates, and it's a simple thing for people to wrap their heads around and just say cutting carbs. It's, it's almost just like the easy way out, right? It's easy and simple. Now, Now that we've talked about the two main reasons that a lot of diets use this as a main strategy, I want to talk about why I think it's problematic. And then after we talk about why I think it's problematic, we can talk about what to do instead. So I'll try to keep it quick why why I think this is problematic, but ooh, this is a subject I could go off on. (laughs) So again, this is for people who enjoy carbohydrates, right? I think that cutting carbs from your diet altogether is problematic for a lot of reasons. Now, carbs are our body's, as I said before, it's our body's main source of energy as well as our brain. So this means when we cut carbs dramatically, our brain and our bodies function at a much lower level. And in general, we just kind of feel shitty. Like we don't feel as good when we're not eating any carbs. Now, another thing is so many things that are highly nutritious for us and are made up of all kinds of vitamins and minerals and fiber are carbohydrates. And we miss out on all those amazing things for our body when we cut carbs. Now, yes, protein is great for your body and, you know, but we can't solely sustain off of protein and healthy fat. We need some of these things that carbohydrates provide us. So even things like lettuce, cucumbers, asparagus, berries, and spinach, those are all carbohydrates. They just have a lower amount of them. But what will happen is we will sometimes think, you know, we start looking at our food and we're like, this is a carb. I can't eat this. I can't. Oh, I can't have a banana. It has 20 carbs. I can't have an apple. It has this many carbs. But you're missing out on so many nutrients by restricting yourself from these foods, first of all. And second of all, it's really feeding into that idea that some foods are quote unquote good and others are quote unquote bad. Now, Yes, it makes it very simple in people's minds, right? It makes it easy. It's like, okay, I just can't have this and I can't have that, right? But when, whenever we do choose to eat these foods, and if you've ever gone on a low-carb diet, you know that there is going to be a time that you choose to eat carbs. You're going to have a couple keto vodka drinks or whatever, and then somebody's going to have pizza and you're just going to say, screw it and eat some pizza. Or, you know, there's so many times that you're going to be tempted by other things and you're going to eventually give in. And what will come with that now that this is deemed in your head as a quote unquote bad food is an immense amount of guilt and unnecessary guilt. 
and we don't know how to get rid of it, right? Like we eat these foods and we have no idea how to eat them without feeling guilty because we've trained ourselves that eating these foods is going to make us fat and is a reason to feel guilty. And the last reason that I feel like cutting carbs from our diet completely is, you know, just completely unnecessary and harmful is like I talked about before, it's a kind of mental restriction. So even if you are not in a calorie deficit, let's say this, because there's other physiological reasons that being in an aggressive calorie deficit, which sometimes these carb, low-carb diets are an aggressive calorie deficit, there's reasons that that messes with our body and makes us crave food. But a mental restriction also has a, the ability to affect our psyche. So it's likely that when we are cutting carbohydrates and it's something that we enjoy eating, we're going to crave it that much more. And if you enjoy carbs, there's just simply no reason for it. It's not necessary. Oh, and one more thing before we move on to the strategy is another reason I think it's harmful is that it's just plain deceptive, right? It's almost like tricking people into thinking they're losing more fat than they actually are. And I'm just so not a fan of that. I feel like understanding our bodies. And when we finally understand how our bodies work, we we get so much freedom rather than being tricked into these strategies and not understanding what's happening in our bodies and just being kind of confused. And that confusion can turn into fear very easily when the scale jumps because we ate freaking three pieces of pizza, right? And we think that we gained all this fat and it can be very scary. I don't like that deceptive piece of it. Okay, we talked about why diets use carb cutting as a strategy. Then we talked about why it can be harmful and deceptive. Now let's talk about an alternative. So instead of cutting carbs completely, one way to create a calorie deficit is just to become more aware of your portions of carbs. And I, my program, The Vibrancy Guide, is not a calorie counting program by any means. But you notice I'm saying the words calories and carbs and all these things that can be really triggering for some people a lot. And that's actually part of the vibrancy guide. And with my clients is desensitizing ourselves to these words because calories do not have a negative connotation. And this is the actual science behind weight loss. So if weight loss is something that you desire, getting comfortable with using terminology like calories and not feeling bad negative feelings about it is super, super important. So the Vibrancy Guide is my 13-week health coaching program for women. It's currently a one-on-one program, and very soon it's being turned into a digital course, which I am so excited about. And don't worry, if you listen to this podcast, you will be one of the first to know when the digital course drops and you will be able to snag it. Many women come to me and join the Vibrancy Guide for weight loss. And a lot of them, in conjunction with that, they want to heal their relationship with food. We've been taught that you can't do both at the same time. Like, there's a big kind of battle going on right now between um, fitness influencers and weight loss. And then on the other side of it is health at every size and intuitive eating and accepting your body as is. And we've been told that you can't be somewhere in the middle. You can't want to lose weight and also improve your relationship with food. And I'm here to tell you that you can do whatever the F you want. (laughs) 
I don't know why we think that people, other people always know what's best for us because the truth is deep down, we know what's best for us. I know what's best for me. You know what's best for you. If you want to lose weight and improve your body because you know that you've been in habitual patterns of overeating and doing things that don't feel good in your body and you know that losing weight would make you feel better and it would improve your joints and it would improve things in your body, then that is the right answer for you. So I just want you to know that was a little side note, but you can have both. You can have it all. I promise you. (laughs) And anybody who tells you otherwise, then that's just not your person. That's not a person for you. So it's very normal. I went off on such a tangent. I love talking about that because I think it's so important for you to hear. (laughs) Let me get back on topic now. Back on topic. (laughs) So It's very normal for women inside the Vibrancy Guide to lose anywhere from 10 to 20 pounds in the 13 weeks that they're with me. It's also very normal, I will say, to continue losing weight after they finish the 13 weeks because it's built to be the beginning of your journey, not the end. So you learn the strategies, you you take the 13 weeks to practice them and get really good at them. And then afterwards, you continue losing weight because you're continuing to implement the strategies until you get to a weight that your body feels really good and comfortable at. And you'll feel into that. And we talk about that in the Vibrancy Guide, how to feel into that. Now, what we do to lose weight, one of the strategies, without ever cutting carbs from our diet, is we create a balanced meal structure where we're including carbs in our meal, but instead of having carbs be the main attraction, they're more of like a side dish. So if you go to a restaurant nowadays, um, carbohydrates, you'll start to notice, are almost used as like, it will be the biggest portion on your plate. And my theory behind this is because it's the cheapest way to kind of make a really big portion, right? It's very expensive to, if you were to use a massive portion of meat or, you know, even even vegetables are more expensive than just a box of pasta. So you they want to use those a little bit more sparingly so that they can keep their profit up. But that sometimes bleeds into the way that we eat at home too. So at, at Olive Garden or whatever, the pasta is going to be 70% of the dish. And then the other 30% is going to be made up of the chicken and the veggies that are in it. And so we kind of have gotten used to that. Now, if we learn to look at carbs as more of a side dish or an accompaniment or more so just like just one of many things that we're eating on our plate, not the main attraction, then honestly, the weight just kind of falls off when we change the way we eat carbs. So you don't have to eat carbs with every meal, but you certainly can if you want to and still lose weight. The balanced meal structure we use inside the Vibrancy Guide is something that I call the one-three plates. And this is why, because everything is one-three, so it's super easy to remember. One-third of your plate is protein. One-third of your plate is non-starchy veggies. One third of your plate is a starchy carb. So that's the three thirds. And then you round it out with one to three tablespoons of fat. You can see why I call it the one three plate, right? Makes sense. (laughs) And it's easy to remember. Now, when it comes to carbs and all those other one third portions, so the non-starchy veggies and the protein, 
the, the size of that portion will be about the size of the palm of your hand. So if you didn't have fingers, looking at the palm of your hand, including the thickness of the palm of your hand, um, that is the size of your carbohydrate portion. Compare that <laughs> to, so imagine eating a portion of pasta that size. Compare that to an Olive Garden portion of pasta. Big difference, right? Or even when just at home you make spaghetti. Do you use that much? Some of you may, but some of you may not. You might use more, right? Compare it to a bowl of cereal. That little palm of your hand, right? That seems really small for a portion of cereal. But it's just about readjusting the way we think about carbs. It doesn't have to be this massive portion. It can just be a smaller portion. And, and we learn how to be more satisfied with a smaller portion through a ton of other strategies in the Vibrancy Guide. One being a mindful meal. When you start implementing a mindful meal and you get rid of distractions while you're eating, you will find that you're satisfied with so much less food because you're actually paying attention to the food in front of you. And not only are you physically being satisfied, right, like like helping your hunger, calming your hunger, um, but you get that mental satisfaction because you're actually paying attention to it. So we just simply switch the way that we are looking at and viewing carbs and how we eat them. Now, this meal structure does a few things, right? First of all, the 1-3 the plate is insanely satisfying. With this combination of macronutrients, right, protein, carbs, and fats, those are the three macronutrients, you will likely feel full for hours. Also, it has fiber from the, the non-starchy veggies, and likely you're choosing, if you're choosing a carb source that has fiber, it's just insanely filling. You'll be full for a long time. And it also balances blood sugar. So if blood sugar is not balanced, which tends to happen when we don't eat balanced meals, for example, if we eat a meal that is all carbohydrates, which would be something like that meal with um, oatmeal, berries, and honey, those are all carbohydrates. What happens is our blood sugar goes up super, super, super high, and then it dips super low right after that. We call that a blood sugar roller coaster. And that low energy, that, that low, that low crash of your blood sugar causes energy crashes, which usually come with cravings for more starchy carbs and specifically sweets. So if you have lots of cravings for starchy carbs and sweets, it also comes with lots of other not so fun things like fatigue and headaches and moodiness and ugh, all this stuff that just kind of sucks. So if you experience a lot of that, try doing a more balanced meal structure and see if that helps. And the more balanced meal structure, you could be coming from either end of this. You could be coming from the low carb end, or you could be coming from eating a lot of carbs. Or likely, you're doing the swinging back and forth thing, right? I've found that people who do low carb, they tend to do the swinging back and forth from low carb, eating hardly any carbs, to then on the weekends, eating all the carbs, that kind of thing. So try utilizing a 1-3 strategy and see if that helps. Now, in conclusion, two reasons that many diets use cutting carbs as the main strategy is because it's conducive to quick scale wins, number one, not necessarily actual fat loss, but just drops on the scale, right? And number two is because it's a really quick and easy way to slash calories. 
Instead, you could try implementing a one-three plate or a balanced meal, which is a natural way to regulate calories and your appetite. Now, I think for today, that kind of sums things up. I could talk about carbs for like hours and hours and hours. So maybe I'll do another one on carbs if you guys are really interested in this topic. (laughs) But if you enjoyed this or found it at all helpful, then I would absolutely love it if you would leave me a rating and review or take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram story and tag me at Bright Light Chels. I love hearing what's resonating for you guys. It absolutely makes my day. Oh my gosh, and I almost forgot to tell you your action step. So at the end of each podcast, we're going to do a little action step. And for this week, what I think your action step could be is whether you're coming from the either side of eating a ton of carbs or not eating any carbs, try a 1-3 plate tag me on Instagram again, and let me know how you feel afterwards. See how you feel. Play with your energy. See if you have more consistent energy or if it makes you feel really good or what you experience with that. I would love to know. Tag me on Instagram at Bright Light Thank you again for being here. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you so much. Oh, 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 oh,